Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dr. J's American Passages. I'm Dr. J. Today, I'll be discussing James Fenimore Cooper's character Natty Bumpo, also known as Leatherstocking, Deerslayer, and Pathfinder. Many of you know Natty Bumpo from the wonderful Michael Mann movie, The Last of the Mohicans, adapted from the novel of that name. Today, though, I'm not looking at The Last of the Mohicans, but rather Cooper's The Pioneers, the first of the five novels Cooper wrote that feature Natty Bumpo. The Last of the Mohicans was the second. The Natty Bumpo of The Pioneers, though the same character, isn't the same Natty Bumpo that we find in The Last of the Mohicans. In The Pioneers, Natty Bumpo is an old man living in a hut in the forest encircling Lake Otsego in central New York after the close of the American Revolutionary War. The Pioneers is quite different from The Last of the Mohicans in other ways as well. It has more in common with a Jane Austen novel than with a rollicking tale of adventure and warfare. If you can imagine an old man with one yellow tooth and a rifle walking around in a Jane Austen novel, the main character isn't Natty Bumpo, the leather stocking, but a young woman named Elizabeth Temple and the mysterious young man whom we learn is named Oliver Effingham. The progress of the novel is its progress toward the marriage of Elizabeth and Oliver. Which isn't to say that Natty Bumpo doesn't play an important role. He does. So too does Elizabeth's father, Judge Temple. Natty Bumpo and Judge Temple embody the two forces that are at odds on the American frontier, the rifle and the law. The settlement of this conflict on the side of the law, no matter how attractive a character Natty is, provides for the civil society in which Elizabeth and Oliver can marry, and in so doing become America's future. The Pioneers opens on Christmas Eve. The village of Templeton, founded by Judge Temple in the middle of some thousands of acres of forested land, which he owns in central New York, is a collection of newly constructed wooden buildings and muddy streets. In the passage I'm reading, a church service is about to begin in the snowy night. The service will be led by a new minister, Mr. Grant, and employ forms unfamiliar to the residents, the forms of the Episcopalian Church, at that time a denomination of America's coastal cities south of New England, including New York City. Two large fires crackle at either end of the rough wooden hall, called an apartment in Cooper's 19th century fashion, and as the churchgoers enter, they stamp the snow from their boots. I'll join the narrative there. From The Pioneers by James Fenimore Cooper the two sexes were separated by an area in the center of the room immediately before the pulpit, and a few benches lined this space that were occupied by the principal personages of the village in its vicinity. This distinction was rather a gratuitous concession made by the poorer and less polished part of the population 
than a right claimed by the favored few. One bench was occupied by the party of Judge Temple, including his daughter, and with the exception of Dr. Todd, no one else appeared willing to incur the imputation of pride by taking a seat in what was, literally, the high place of the tabernacle. Elizabeth soon discovered that she divided the attention of the congregation with Mr. Grant. Timidity, therefore, confined her observation of the appearances which we have described to stolen glances. But as the stamping of feet was now becoming less frequent, and even the coughing and other little preliminaries of a congregation settling themselves down into reverential attention were ceasing, she felt emboldened to look around her. Gradually all noises diminished, until a suppressed cough denoted that it was necessary to avoid singularity, and the most profound stillness pervaded the apartment. The snapping of the fires as they threw a powerful heat into the room was alone heard, and each face and every eye were turned on the divine. At this moment, a heavy stamping of feet was heard in the passage below, as if a newcomer was releasing his limbs from the snow that was necessarily clinging to the legs of a pedestrian. It was succeeded by no audible tread, but directly Mohegan, followed by the leather stocking and the young hunter, made his appearance. Their footsteps would not have been heard as they trod the apartment in their moccasins, but for the silence which prevailed. The Indian moved with great gravity across the floor, and observing a vacant seat next to the judge, he took it, in a manner that manifested his sense of his own dignity. Here, drawing his blanket closely around him so as partly to conceal his countenance, he remained during the service immovable but deeply attentive. Natty passed the place that was so freely taken by his red companion and seated himself on one end of a log that was lying near the fire, where he continued, with his rifle standing between his legs, absorbed in reflections seemingly of no very pleasing nature. The youth found a seat among the congregation, and another silence prevailed. Mr. Grant now arose and commenced his service with the sublime declaration of the Hebrew prophet, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. The Indian, named here Mohegan, who enters ahead of Natty, is Chingashgook, the big serpent, the last remaining chief in Cooper's imagination of the Mohicans. He shows here the dignity of his people as he seats himself as an equal beside Judge Temple. The youth, or young hunter, is Oliver, but it's Natty I'm interested in here. He carries a rifle, even though he's in a church. It's important to know that none of the others of the village and its surroundings carries a rifle, either to church or anywhere else, as part of their daily lives. It's also important to see that no one even in a church is afraid or dismayed by Natty with his rifle. He is a familiar figure to them, though set apart. 
Which isn't to say that Natty Bumpo and his rifle aren't a danger to society. They are, and that danger is at the heart of the novel. Natty, having lived in the forest long before the settlers arrived, doesn't believe their game laws should apply to him, as he cares more for the forest and its inhabitants than the newcomers do, and knows what's better for the creatures. So when in a moment of rashness he kills a deer out of season, Judge Temple has no choice but to send someone to arrest him. The deputy and Natty know each other well and are on friendly terms. But when the deputy tells Natty that he will have to enter Natty's hut to serve the warrant, Natty not only refuses to allow him, but fires on him. The result is not just jail for Natty, but a trial that will keep him imprisoned for perhaps the rest of his days. This is hard on Judge Temple, not least because Natty in the course of the novel prior to his arrest has saved his daughter Elizabeth's life. For this and more, Elizabeth has become friends with Natty. Furthermore, the judge himself is fond of Natty, as is pretty much everyone, including Cooper's readers. Natty is a likable guy. Yet the judge knows that there can't be a society in which the rifle takes precedence over the law. A romance novel in which in the end the young couple marries is, in the way of old-fashioned novels, a comedy rather than a tragedy. While today a novel can partake of both, Cooper isn't a modern writer. The marriage of Elizabeth and Oliver can't be clouded by so likable a character as Natty Bumpo going to prison, and rest assured it isn't. But neither can one such as Natty Bumpo be assimilated into society without giving up being himself. At the novel's conclusion, then, spoiler alert, Natty good-naturedly declines the offer of Elizabeth and Oliver to live out his years with them, or even near them. He has no place in their world. He will strike out to the west, to the Great Lakes, where civilization hasn't yet arrived. There, Natty Bumpo with his rifle and own moral code, and it is an admirable moral code, can continue to live as he chooses. He is of the frontier. More than that, he is an American type, an American type we can all admire. But eventually, the American frontier will close, and America will no longer have a place for such as Natty Bumpo. This may be a sad truth, but a truth nevertheless. Elizabeth and Oliver, and their children, will be the civilized America that will come, not Natty Bumpo. Until next time, I'm Dr. J.